All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. You're watching Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Remchak. Your one-stop shop for all things Oilers. Only uh, 31 and a half more hours until puck drop on an actual Oilers game. We're we're getting there. Let's get into it with the lead. Breaking news to start the show. We both got the same same message. The same Twitter notification from one Frank Saravalli. What did it say? Do you want me to read it? No, we'll tell you in a second. Not that you all don't have access to the internet and can check yourselves, but welcome into Oilers Nation Every Day, a Tuesday edition of the show live from the Sports Closet Studio. And it is a busy one. Luke Gazdick going to swing by in about 20 minutes. I know yesterday... We teased potentially having two guests on the program. Ooh. Tomorrow, Jeff Merrick will join the show. He of the 32 Thoughts podcast, double hockey insider day, because I think Frank is going to join us too. So the Oilers are finally back in action, and we're going to have two guests. Well, we have time to play Liam's game. Holy shit. This we is... will always have we do time an, to play Liam's do, game. Should we do an hour and a half edition of the show? Oh. Should we do a 90 minute special? We could. We could. Special. I'm so down. at home. Wednesday. Oh, but then Jay wants to join too. Oh, then I guess we're in the studio. Ah, anyways, <laughs> like I'll be I said, here all day. Uh, we got short for giant question. We got all that stuff coming up. But first, Frank Saravalli, understand the Oilers have granted f- permission for Philip Broberg's camp to seek a trade. Sounds like there has been solid interest on that front. Edmonton isn't interested in getting a pick back. They would like a player. So you'll have to find a, a similar player in a <clears throat> similar situation. Interesting. Giddy up. Limited options then. 
Well, yeah, I mean, let's talk about this a little bit. First off, the idea of giving Philip Broberg the opportunity to seek a trade. Um, Scott Aroni says it in the YouTube chat here. Hardly news. I, I, I think, well, no, I think it is because you're... Go on. You don't you don't come back from this that often. No, 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 no. Like this is probably the this end is of the, the end. World. But saying that, the Connor Garland thing happened at the start of the season with Vancouver still sure. around. A little different with the cap situations, of course. I think people would be more enticed to take a chance on Philip Broberg, who's mm-hmm. what twenty two probably right now, twenty two, twenty three, yeah. something like that. Than whatever Connor Garland is, and his cap is friendly. And but we were kind of talking before the show. There's who would want him. Not in the sense of Broberg isn't good enough to be in the league, but there's very few teams that mm-hmm. want to suck, I think is a good way to put it. Well, suck. not a lot of rebuilding teams out there right now. Let's stick with the Oilers side of this for a second, Liam. Here's the tough part. And I know people will sit there and say, why don't you just play him more? It's very, very difficult to sit and tell Chris Knobloch or whoever is the head coach you got to play Broberg. Yeah. The Oilers aren't in a spot and their bad, bad start to the season hasn't afforded them the opportunity to just gift Philip Broberg minutes. They can't do that. Do they want him in Bakersfield? I mean, he's been down there for a while. I don't know if that's the right play either. It's just, it's at a point where he, he's their seventh best defenseman Mm -hmm. and they're in win now mode. So they want to keep their seventh best defenseman on the roster. And at 22, 23 years old, as he gets into that age range, how much good is it doing, especially him being a European draft pick who's been playing against men for a while? Mm -hmm. How much good is it doing him to continually be going down and playing 20 plus minutes in the American league? I'm not sold that that's best for his development. What honestly could be best for his development is working with the NHL coaches, practicing against NHLers and getting his reps there. The best thing for Philip Broberg would be if there was an injury and all of a sudden he could play the next 40 games, but we saw him play a lot of hockey last year. And did he magically take a big step forward? Played 46 games last year, Liam, over half the season. Yeah. Granted, only averaged 12 minutes a game, 12 and a half minutes a game. But it's not like he took this massive step. I remember last year when we were doing the Chikrin debate and it was like, well, there's some in the organization who believe Chikrin could be the next or Brober could be like Chikrin in a couple of seasons. I'm not getting that. And in an age where young defensemen make an impact earlier than ever, Luke Hughes is a rookie with 11 points in 20 games, also a top 10 pick at a point in the league where these young D men can step up and adapt to the game faster than ever because of how they're brought up how they're developed they're playing pro style hockey since they're basically 14 let's be honest Mm -hmm. i think too when you look at like you said the young guys you look at that colorado team that won the stanley cup yeah you get young guys like bowen byram who are able to contribute to the blue line and put together like trustful minutes and i just yeah with broberg like it's unfortunate because i I do think he's good and i think he's gonna Mm -hmm. have a career in the nhl i just like you said, like who are you supposed to sit on the left side? Like you're not saying Nurse, you're not saying Ed yeah. Coleman, you're not saying Brad Kulak, well, that eliminates the entire left side. So then you have to put someone in an awkward spot on the right side. It, it feels like the right decision to potentially move on from this, mm. unless, like you said, you're, you're willing to, to actually play him for a long stretch. Because yeah. even in those games where he played 46 games and he's averaging 12 minutes a night, I think we all know that's probably boosted a little bit from maybe one or two like 
bigger games compared yeah. to like his four minute nights, right? Like there's a lot of those. Yeah. And and it comes to a point too where the trust is probably just gone throughout the organization, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And everyone's gonna go book back and look at his draft year and see Trevor Zegris went right after him and Matthew Boldy and Spencer Knight. But yeah. It is what it is, and that doesn't matter anymore. The, where you're drafted stops mattering the second you put on the jersey. And I've yeah. always said that, whether you're first overall or 80th overall, like who cares? Um, let's get into what you are all saying over on the Finning Cat YouTube chat. Register, bid, win. The Finning Online Timed Event is here, but today is the last day. Time is running out on your chance to bid during their online timed event. It's quick and easy to bid on a diverse inventory of quality used cat equipment. Not only is the buying process quick and easy, but you get peace of mind, Liam, when Mm. you buy from a trusted seller with an extensive support network. They have hundreds of machines to choose from. You can sign in or register today to start browsing, but you only got one day left. For more information, go to finning.com slash bid. Uh, You guys are active over on the YouTube right now. Ryan was in with the first comment of the day. He said, maybe we're going to talk about Lane Peterson killing it in Baco. No, Philip Broberg news is dominating the show today. Um, uh, what do we got? I'm trying to scroll down to when we first started. Uh, Lance is in, says pour one out for Broberg, at least his career with the Oilers. Um, Sam Squatch was an interesting one. Package next year's first and Campbell. Broberg next year's first and Campbell. See what you can get. Uh, Sungjae says Broberg plus for Morgan Frost. Similar situation. Get much. it done. Too much on Frost. He's 2.1. Two, and also... the Phil, He's not Philly's guy. I know, okay, so he, he's a centerman too, right? Bottom six centerman. Uh, I know he plays... He can play... Uh, it's listed as centerman on Cap Friendly. When you look at Morgan Frost, is that not just Ryan McLeod? Yeah. And the same cap it too. Yeah. And also, just on the flip side, Philly would not want Philly Broberg. John Tortorella literally said the other day, we play with balls. Philip Broberg, unfortunately, does not. And I like Broberg, too. There, I like him. Yeah, like, there was another one, too, in here that just talked. It was from Riley. I thought this was a really good comment. Broberg was picked too high, but he's not a bad player. He never had a chance to establish himself with Nurse, Ekholm, and Kulak. And I, here's the other thing, just circling back to the Oilers being in win-now mode. Darnell Nurse under contract for six more seasons after this one. Matthias Ekholm, two more seasons. Brett Kulak, two more seasons. Brett Kulak's only 29. Mm-hmm. It's not going anywhere. I don't think you need to send him anywhere. I like his contract. Matias Ekholm, 33, signed for two more seasons. It's not going anywhere. Darnell Nurse here for the main, for the long haul. It, where When is the spot going to open up on the left side for him? I think that's why they probably experimented it with him a little bit as a righty. But even on the right side, again, you have Evan Bouchard here. He's not going anywhere. Maybe there'd be an opening at some point on the right side, but it's not coming till next season. And even then... Is Bouchard, Broberg, Vinny the right side you run with? No, they seem to like DeHarnay. They love Evan Bouchard. Mm-hmm. And they'll if they're going to do anything, it's an upgrade on CC, not a downgrade to a, a, a less experienced, less effective player in Philip Broberg. So I still believe in the potential. I think he's going to be an everyday NHL defenseman. But did or get off the pot. Either play this dude, which they're clearly not, or move on from him. And I think today is just... You're seeing exactly that. It's the two sides sitting there and recognizing finally that there's just not a long-term fit here, unfortunately. I think another thing too that we've seen from Broberg is unfortunate mistakes, I think is a good way to put it. At, at times where you can see him actually becoming a little bit better. Like I think back to, I believe it was a Dallas game where he like actually skates it out of the zone, gets to yeah. the red line, goes to dump it, fumbles it, they come back and score. 
gets back in the lineup against Florida, steps on a stick, <laughs> they score a goal. And it's just like, yeah. this guy can't catch a break. I, I like him when he's when he's in his game. Unfortunately, he just can't find that game consistently enough to prove himself within mm-hmm. this lineup. And you need to fight for that. You know, like yep. Vinny Dayane has established a role in this team. Broberg has never been able to do that for anyone, unfortunately. I think he's got a career ahead of him, though. Naeem Frost is better than McLeod. I mean, marginally, sure. sure. I, I'm not convinced how much better he scores a little bit more. But again, what's the bar we're even looking at there? Uh, Dangerous Wade says Broberg needed to come in and force the Oilers to make room for him. Sadly, he didn't. I think that's a great point. Yeah. Vinny came in and forced himself into the lineup and passed Broberg. Hmm. Granted, different style of player and all that. And I know some people, the numbers and whatnot, will, will argue that Broberg is better than Vinny. But again, looking for what they need on that third pairing, he, he covers that spot. Dave Lunn with our first projected trade, or second one, I should say. Uh, Tessier for Broberg and a prospect or a low pick. I don't think you need to throw in the prospect of the low pick. Frank oh. says there's interest. Philip Broberg is a former top 10 pick. Like, If the Oilers are looking for a player... Yeah, I think that sort of a deal makes sense. Let's beef up the bottom six here. Get someone in there who can score. Roberg's the piece going out. The only thing I'd say about Columbus is their left side is Wierenski, Provorov, Jake Bean. Their right side is good. Branson, Peak, Boquist, Juracek. You look in the minors, they have Corson Kuhlmans. They have Denton Matichuk. They have too many defensemen. Columbus isn't interested in, shouldn't be. I doubt they're interested in Broberg. Yeah, that... You're almost putting him in an identical situation yeah. in a way, right? I do like the the idea around it of trying to find a cheaper bottom six forward. And that's the thing too. Like the others don't just have to give this guy away. No. They're just because a player submits a trade request or there's like communication on that end, mm-hmm. doesn't mean they just have to bite at the first bullet that they nope. that comes their way, right? They can be patient with this if they want to. I'm on the fly trying to see just what left sides around the league are are thin. Um I mean, the Islanders are dealing with injuries, but they usually have Adam Pellick and Sebastian Ajo. So I, I don't really see them as a potential fit. Uh, the Rangers, no. Like, I'll go through the Metro. Carolina, no. Columbus, we just said no. Devils, don't need them. Islanders, no. Rangers, no. Flyers are looking competitive, don't need them. Pittsburgh, I don't think, has any interest in them because, again, their blue line's veteran and pretty set. Yeah, to Washington just signed a bunch of D-men in the summer. And again, win now mode. I don't think they're adding him. They just got Sandine last year, right? Like they, they don't have interest in Philip Broberg. Mm. Staying in the Pacific, obviously it's no's from like Calgary, LA, Vegas, and Vancouver. Are you trading him to Seattle? Like, no. And again, what? Seattle's got Vince Dunn, Brian Dumoulin. Like, I, I don't see them. I just you look around the league and I know Frank said there's interest, but like Where from who? Anaheim? <laughs> Go look at the prospects Anaheim has on that back end. Pavel Mintikov or whatever. He's having an unbelievable season. Jackson Lacombe, surprised, made the team this year. You go look at who's in the minors there. Olin Zellweger's a left-handed D. They have Jamie Drysdale in their system as a right shot. Like, I, I think San Jose is a team that should be interested in him. They just went out and got Kalen Addison. This would be a similar gamble, but on the left side, I guess. Fifth round pick they got. Traded away from him. Yeah, and Broberg, I mean, it's almost tough because like Addison at least had a mini track record of like, oh, he did stuff in the NHL. He ran a power play for a couple of months, like 30 points. But if someone's interested, maybe you need to make it a bigger package. Maybe if you're starting to talk to San Jose about a Blackwood deal, maybe Broberg's a piece that intrigues them. And it's, you know, Campbell, Broberg, and a third. Campbell, Broberg, or Campbell at 
30% retained in Broberg for Blackwood. Probably picks and stuff. I'm just spitballing ideas, but. The San Jose Sharks would be my number one place to look. And I think, like you said, it's because of Blackwood. Mm -hmm. And then like one of very few teams that could actually take on a Campbell contract too. Yeah. Which they need to get out of so bad not to kind of split the conversation on that. But it just opens up so many avenues for them. If we got the news that the cap is going up next season, Mm -hmm. it's like, well, the others won't even get to take advantage of that because now they have to play Connor Brown. So if you can find a way to make all that work. And so, yeah, there's few teams. I could see him in a Sharks jersey at the end of the year. It's not like that blue line is flourishing, is it? No. Someone said Mario Ferraro. He's a left shot though, right? And he's expensive. Two more years at 3.25. The whole point of this, I think, would be if you're trading for a D-man, you want a right shot. Not bad. But even then, like, Broberg can play the right side. Like, if you're just trading Broberg for another seventh defenseman, the deal's kind of pointless. Just hold on to him. How long is Zadina injured for? I don't know. I just, I was just looking then. I, that, I like, like what it, I'm just looking. Like, I wonder if they would do just a spitball ideas again. That's a bit long, but what if they retain like Matt Benning down to a million and you got him for three more years at a million bucks? He's just, he's a reliable just play, in and out. Bring guy. up Ben Gleason. No. Dude, Matt Benning and Ben Gleason, the difference is negligible. The difference is Ben Gleason's never played an NHL game. The difference is Matt Benning's only an NHL defenseman on the Sharks. He was an NHL defenseman on the Oilers. <laughs> we had him. Bring him home. Uh, He's better than Ben Gleason. I, I, ben Gleason I got a healthy that. scratch by the Bakersfield Condos this season. Dude, I just, you're not trading Philip Broberg for Matt Benning. No, I'm just saying if you're like looking to add a defenseman in that deal, if you're like getting a Blackwood, maybe you can get someone like that. Sure. Um, what else? Zadina, I mean, maybe because he's a Ken Holland draft pick. That's your swap. If they keep money on, Z- no, I mean, they can't, they won't keep money on anybody because they already have the two spots filled. So the I Sharks in, in a retained free. money spot aren't great. Um, Perfect. Yeah. So that kind of kills that. <laughs> and they probably, Want to say that just in case we can get out of Vlasic. Yeah. The Blues have such a crowded blue line that there's just no way that's a fit. The Jets wouldn't have interest. Like, I mean, the Preds are trying to trade Fabro, apparently, not trying to add inexperienced lefties. Like, I, again, Frank said there's interest. I believe Frank when he says that. I just also kind of sit there and look and go, where? I, Montreal's got a lot of D men. There's just, there's not a ton there. And I know, again, you know, Squishy says package him for something meaningful. I think that's an easy play. I think it's an easy thing to say. I, sorry, but Rover going to pick for Costin and some retention. <laughs> I mean, I could play him. He has one goal this season and has been getting healthy scratched by the Red Wings. Like, yeah, I mean, get come him on. and bet him. Bring all the boys. Bring um, all. <laughs> but again, you look at that Red Wings blue line like Sherratt, Gostas, Bear, Wallman, Ollie Matta. On the right side, Justin Hall, Jeff Petrie, Mort Sider. Like I, they don't need Philip Broberg. No, maybe no. you know because he's he can play in the minors this year. So maybe there's a team with a handful of vets who'd be like, yeah, we'll take him, play him in the minors for this season. Maybe it's like a Reimer at fifty percent retained for Broberg. But like, oh, oh man, the like <laughs> you're giving up a guy you picked in the top ten for your band aid solution goalie. Like, come on. I wonder if St. Louis could be an option. They've openly come out and said that they're kind of in that retool phase, right? And and I know they want to get rid of some of their veteran blue liners, but again, like I'll read you, they have eight D men on their roster right now. 
Dustin Falk, Tori Krug, Colton Pareko, Nick Letty, Marco Scandella, Robert Bortuzzo, Tyler Tucker, and Scott Perunovich. Holy yeah, I don't know he comes in, dude. He's guys. ninth on their depth chart. <laughs> well, he might be a top six player there. Like yeah. I, I just I to be honest, I just don't know much about that Tyler Tucker or he's having a good year. Scott Peranovich. Scott he's Brunovich. the seventh on our team. I think he well Scott Peranovich was a Hobie Baker finalist. Really? I should really do some research before I open my mouth. It blues aren't alive. It's just I don't know, man. Um someone's someone said Minnesota. Minnesota just traded Kalen Addison yeah, and got Zach Bogosian because they wanted to beef up. Like Drew says, you know, Bogosian and Maroon for Broberg and a pick. They're not adding Bogosian than flipping Bogosian. Like, no, that's not how that stuff works. Mm. Um I mean, yeah, Patty Maroon. Oh boy. Yeah, come on. Well, hey. Any other former Oilers we can discuss, do you think? Yeah, like we're sitting here talking about trading a guy who was a top 10 pick for you've now brought up Matt Benning and the chat's brought up hey. Pat Maroon. Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? What was the other one we just had, too? Can't remember. Uh, JD, too bad they didn't do this earlier. Could have gotten Sam Lafferty. The Leafs wanted Vinny. They didn't want Broberg. Yeah, that's the thing. Like the the Leafs said exactly they wanted, and it wasn't like we'll get we want Broberg or Vinny. Yeah. I know we want Vinny. Uh, Riley done that trade? No, I want today. No. Um. Yeah, I know we got to get to Gaz Dick. Um, but there was another one. Oh, Riley again. You've been good in the comments today, Riley. What about Calgary as part of a package for Tanev? Calgary's ahead of Edmonton in the standings. I know they traded Zadarov, but like. He wanted out. Yeah, it's a bit different. That that was totally different. They're not giving up Tanev till closer to the deadline when they're out of it or presumably will be out of it. All right, Tyler. This is it. I am telling you exactly what player we are acquiring. And I was leaning forward. I will describe him to you briefly. Brandon Manning's not in the league anymore. (laughs) Uh, Brandon Davidson's not in the league anymore. $758,000. Okay, what position is he? He's a right winger. Okay, does he score? He scores. Scores often, I believe. Former Ariotta. I believe he was coached. Connor Brown's by, already an oiler. Yeah. Coached <laughs> by uh, Coach Knobloch. Yeah. Give me the name. Taylor Radish. Might have to add a little bit to it because he's yeah. probably a little bit better. But hey, a like, contract. Money in, money out. He can score. He can score. He's at 758, <laughs> which I actually believe is below league minimum. It would be so funny if the Hawks are like, hey, Connor Bedard, look, we got some talent for you. We got Perry, good vet. Oh, we got no. Taylor Hall. He can score. Taylor Radish, he had what, 20 goals last year, I think? Uh, yep, 25 years old. And then in the matter of a month, they're like, Perry gone, Hall gone, Radish gone. We got your Broberg. Six points this season, 23 games. We got you, Broberg. We got you, Broberg. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. 
I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's get to the Star Mechanical guest line today. As we do on the first Tuesday of every month, we welcome in former Oiler and Sportsnet analyst, Luke Gazdick. Gaz, uh, you heard us talking about Philip Broberg trade possibilities. One, you can tell the Oilers haven't played now in about four <laughs> days or five days because we're talking about Philip Broberg trade possibilities. But what do you make of this whole situation here? I, I just said there's no fit for him on this team right now. Yeah, it's tough because he's probably a good kid. And I actually don't think he's gotten like the best opportunity. I think most times when he was in, even when you played him with Matias Ekholm, sticking a young player in the NHL on his offside, making him play the right side when he's receiving everything on his backhand, you have to make every play with your peripheral. That's no joke, especially in the NHL when some of these four checking teams are unbelievable, like Carolina coming in. Um but listen, at the same time, he really hasn't proven uh, to be an everyday valuable NHL defenseman. I think we saw flashes in preseason. I think it just shows how different preseason is than everything else. Um, but he had a couple games in preseason. I remember that Kraken game. I remember coming on with you guys when he danced around the blue line, working his edges, opening up. And I'm just like, man, this is a nice little player. Like, can we can we get something out of this guy this year? And it's just been disappointing because I think he hasn't gotten the opportunity that he probably shouldn't have. But at the same time, he hasn't really done himself any favors. I think when the Oilers are showcasing him, they should send him those highlights from that game. Yeah. No, nowhere else. Don't send him the one where he steps on the <laughs> stick and falls or anything like that. Just strictly preseason and just maybe yeah. Photoshop a couple of yeah, things. Yeah, be like, that. hey, no, we trust us. This game's from November, <laughs> so not September. <laughs> yes. Um, but you're but I mean, we talked, you know, the opportunity. Yeah, it'd be great if the Oilers could just play him for 25 straight games. They played him for 46 last year, though, and we never saw like massive leaps. And the other side of it is a guy like Vinny DeHarnay came in and earned that spot. He made it made the situation so they don't want to take Vinny out of the lineup at all. Broberg, at least in the regular season, never did that, never grabbed the bull by the horns and forced their hand. 100%. It's that old conundrum, right? I remember, oh, which coach was it in Edmonton? Might have been Todd. You know, I wasn't happy about how much I was playing and I came in and he said, it's the chicken or the egg, man. Do, do you need to play better in order for me to give you more ice time or do I have to give you more ice time in order for you to play better? And I always thought I needed more ice time. That was my answer. But at the end of the day, like you have to do yourself some favors, like young players, especially, but all players in the NHL, I just really don't see enough of them seeing opportunity right in front of their faces when it happens. Like you don't know going into a game, if you are going to get three shifts or 23 shifts. So like every shift has to be a goal of yours to chip away at. And you don't know if it's going to be that game and then you're going to be scratched for the next three. So you really have to look at those things and kind of com compartmentalize them, make them smaller in your head. Look one shift at a time because opportunity is always right in front of these guys. And sometimes I just want guys to reach out and grab it and it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, so we'll see if anything breaks on this in the next couple of days here. I mean, maybe they can use Broberg mm -hmm. as a piece to go get a goalie. We talked about, you know, San Jose is probably one of the few teams around the league who would be sitting there going, yeah, we'll take a stab at him and actually give him some minutes. Maybe there's something there. Um, the other big headline that's been floating around over the last few days is the Jack Campbell thing as well. He played three 
Very, very good games down in Bakersfield. Had a shutout. Yeah. And then he goes out against Texas, gives up two stinkers, goes viral for all the wrong reasons again. There still is talk that like, hey, they're going to give him another look at some point here. Do you think that'd be a mistake to give Campbell another chance up here? Man, I don't know. I, I think I, I feel for the guy, right? Because I really like Jack. But I remember, you know, Saturday night, I'm watching a hockey night in Canada. And I love Elliot. I like Freed. Freed's is you know, a good friend. And, and I, I love his stuff, but like we're in the intermissions of hockey night in Canada and we're breaking down Jack Campbell's AHL like goals that are being scored against. And I'm like sitting there and I'm like, is there nothing else around the 32 team league we could talk about right now? <laughs> and it's just like everything this kid does is under the microscope right now. And I really feel for him in that sense. Like you'd think, Hey, like let's send him down to Bakersfield let him feel some pucks, let him play every game, let him feel good. Little did I know, or like, or even think that like every single game and play was going to be analyzed for him there. So it's not like any pressure has been taken off him. And here's another guy too. Like I said, I love Jack, but he's not doing himself any favors, letting in goals like that against Texas that, that we saw in the first couple games, really not having great games, uh, but he's played some good hockey. I just don't know what the plan is here with them. I, I'm assuming that they did everything in their power to to shop him around while he was down there. And he just maybe didn't play well enough while he did to, to make anything happy, uh, to make anything happen. Sorry. Uh, but now they're saying, I think this is like the final shot, the final straw. And I get it. It's only the second year into a five-year deal. I, I mean, you got to give him a couple chances, but just from what we've seen, it's getting tougher and tougher to, to put him out there. We should talk about some positives. Should we talk about some positives? Yeah, I mean, right. the Oilers are on a four-game win streak. Hey, four-game heater. They're on a heater, boys. They're on a heater. We were firing Woodcroft. Well, you got fired. We were firing Holland, and now everything is, has now changed in a very good way. Uh, have they shown you anything different over this four-game winning streak, or is this just the same old Oilers finding their way? No, man. I think Nob said it perfectly when he what he wanted to kind of instill in them is like they're playing free. And in an X's and O's standpoint, I'll kind of break it down two things. X's and O's, A, the penalty kill is like night and day. And I, I mean, I credit that. I don't want to say it called that, but Mark Stewart was a great defenseman and great penalty killer in Winnipeg. When I played against him, when he was in the league, good vet, how many 600 NHL games, something like that. I got to think he's had a huge hand in getting those guys to bear down and execute. You don't see any of these flip clears. Like everything is 200 foot clears, cutting the ice in half, sticks and lanes, like little habits and adjustments. Also not an incredible number of guys getting that opportunity. Like it's a, it's a, you know, an honor and a badge of honor to get to kill penalties and guys should really take pride in that. And now you're starting to see the same three or four, call it five, six guys that are going to kill. Not everyone. I think Woody had the tendency of that, of letting everyone kind of take a stab at it. But when you have the same guys taking a lot of pride in it, and as soon as you take a penalty, you know you're jumping over the boards and you have a job to do, that says a lot. And the other thing I'm seeing is like, I don't know if this is something that Woody didn't want to do, but he didn't do a lot of was set face-offs in the D zone and the O zone. I saw two goals manufactured out of set face-offs. It used to drive me nuts. They would win these draws in the D zone and they wouldn't have a plan. They would just kind of would stare at each other. You get it. I get it. You get it. The other night, they line Nursey up on the inside, win it straight back. He wheels around. It's called a D wheel. 
boom, high flip to speed, and it's a breakaway, and it's in the back of the net. That's off a set play. You know what's happening before the draw. And Sammy Gagne's goal the other night, we called that the Sedin. I don't know if you recognize that one, but that was my first NHL goal. And it's winger sets up on the inside. The center wins it right behind his feet, and all he has to do is tie up the other center. You come around his back. The board side winger goes to the net and just drives traffic. You drive that D in and all you do is float a shot in there. And that's all Sam did. It's a really simple face off, but it creates offense can creates a shot opportunity to the net. Sometimes it goes in, sometimes you get a rebound, but I just didn't see that earlier in the season. I didn't see them ha- being prepared or having a plan off face offs. And that's a cool thing to see. It's like they're on the same page now. And at least, at least you can kind of see that they're working towards that. And it's not like, man, I have no idea what is going on in this face-off and w- like, what are they trying? So I think they're playing loose. They're playing free. Credit to Paul Coffey and uh, Mark Stewart taking charge of the decor back there, playing a little loose but free at the same time. And I'm liking a lot of the things I'm seeing, guys. Are you surprised to see that such big of a change? I think we all think Woodcroft is a good coach. And I think we all knew the players were going to be better eventually. But... With everything you just said, are you surprised to see such a drastic difference in them now in that regard? To be honest, I am. Because when Chris got first got hired, I I internally thought they were too similar. And I didn't know tons about knobs. But from what I did and texting guys around the league, I t- had a buddy that played in Hartford. So I was going back and forth with him about kind of his style. And I was thinking, man, is this the right guy for the job? He just seems way too similar to Jay. But these things take time. Right. And I think that was the biggest question I got asked is when are you going to start to see some of the stuff that he implements, like really be prominent in their game? And it's, I, I said a couple of weeks just because that's the thing I've noticed over the years. And now you can kind of see some things starting to float together. And, you know, the other thing too, guys, is like, yeah, a lot of people will get on that decision. I know the fourth line was out um, in the third period, Vegas, seven minutes left. They were on for a goal. And guys are like, you know, what is the fourth line doing on at that point? I love that. And I, he can't go to it every night, but he's rolling all four lines over. And if you want to have a team with depth, we talk depth, this, depth, that. You have to play your depth. You can't play your fourth line four minutes, five minutes a night and expect to get depth scoring out of that. Um, So that's what I'm seeing different too. And that's kind of what surprised me too. I didn't know he was going to be that free with rolling the lines. And obviously I'm a biased guy towards fourth line players. They shouldn't have been on for that goal. It was a bit of a, a bit of a mistake, but at least he's given them up, throwing them a bone. They had a great game up until that point. And he's going, you know what? I trust you guys get out here and do a job for me. So yeah, a bit surprised in, in some of the differences, but um, it's been a, it's been fun to watch. Like I said. Yeah. I, I love that. I mean, I remember when Woody first took over for Tippett, it was like, I think it was Derek Ryan who said like, Oh, we actually feel like we have a purpose now. We're actually being told what to do and not just going on the ice for our six minutes. And I think you saw that make a difference. Then you're kind of seeing a similar thing. Now, another guy I wanted to give some love to is Darnell nurse. I mean, last year, whatever lightning rod for criticism in this fan base, he's been their best defenseman this year. I don't even think it's close and he's having a resurgence. He's looking like the Darnell nurse from that Canadian division year. Like he handles tough minutes. Mm-hmm. He consistently plays against the other team's best. And he's cutting out a lot of mistakes from his game that we saw last year. I think this bounce back from Darnell nurse has been one of the biggest revelations, if not the biggest revelation on that blue line. 
Yeah, Nursi's been awesome. And I got the chance to sit down with him this summer for my pod and talk to him and I hadn't seen him in a while and was just so impressed at his maturity and the way he's handled things, especially over the years. You know, the criticism he, he's taken over the years playing there, the contract stuff and this and that. Uh, but just a phenomenal human being, first and foremost. But on the ice, you know, I think Darnell gets in trouble when he tries to do too much. And it's almost like a good thing. I look at the glass half full there. It's, he's really trying to like carry everyone on his back and like be that leader and be the guy that's going to like play all these heavy minutes and be the guy. But if you just dial him back a bit, I, I don't want to make this sound bad, but take away some of his responsibility. I think Alcombs helped with that a lot and sheltering him, taking some of those big minutes. Um, I think all... Nursey's also great when he's skating, but he's not trying to go too far outside his comfort zone. When you see him wheel in the puck and you see him getting up in plays, that's great. I just don't love the end-to-end -end stuff all the time, trying to beat guys. But when he plays that right in the middle of those two, it's like the perfect Darnell. And I've really, really loved his game. I couldn't agree with you more. I think he's taken it hard for a while, but you can see there's a sense of calm in his game now. And there's a bit more confidence that that um, he's playing with and stuff like that. It just turns around karma wise, right? Winnipeg, he goes down, throws a fluffer shot on net that goes in on Hellebuck. Like I would have loved a couple of those in my day. But when you put in the hours and you know you, you're playing as well as you you have, sometimes even under the radar, for shots like that to fall, that'll build for him now. So I think it's only going to continue to trend upward for for Darnell. Uh, we had someone ask the question earlier, but obviously you're a you're a Blue Jays guy. Cody wants to know, are you an Otani boy? Are you buying into this Otani to the Blue Jays hype or are you staying out of it? I want to. I just know this. I've been a Jays fan my whole life. I've lived here my whole life. This stuff doesn't happen to us. It's all just smoke and mirrors. I feel like it's all just there. Ross is just making a push to like make it look like he's he's doing this. But I, I don't even know if they're in the running. But man, I would love it. Like, I love how some fans are like talking about how expensive it would be like, shut up. It's not your money, man. It's like Rogers is like this big quasi billion dollar company. Like, you know how much they're going to make back in revenue and jerseys and merch and all that and advertising. Like, this would be such a cool thing for the Jays. And after the disastrous season of last year to bring in this guy, like, this would, uh, I mean, I'm getting giddy thinking about it, but I'm also curbing my expectations greatly. I know. I'm I'm like, it's basically <laughs> all I talk about in the last 15 minutes of every show is I give my Otani update. I want Otani so bad, but I know we're getting like Jimer Candelario or like <laughs> IKF is our big free agent ad, but whatever. I digress. Uh, Luke, thanks for hopping on, man. As always, love having you on the show. That's my pleasure, boys. Thanks. There See you go. Later. Luke Gazdick for Star Mechanical, Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company. Now that he's gone, we can share all the nice comments people have been giving. Tyler Mulek said, God, this is good insight. Riley said, man, Gazdick has insight. That's hard to come by. Braden says he's the best player turned analyst in NHL history. What a stud. Hey, he's very good. We bring you the good stuff on Owen every day. I'm taking full credit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can catch him on Thanks. Sportsnet as well, and you can give him a follow. His podcast is very good. You get some yes. awesome guests. So there you go. Always enjoy having Luke on the show. Lance said, Thanks, Luke. So thank, you thank, thank you, Lance. Right? Shout out, Lance. Let's get to our Otani update for the day because there is some <laughs> stuff to get to. Yesterday, we were down. I was depressed. I was like, It's over. It's not happening. 
Yeah. Our Otani update is for our friends at Greta. <laughs> Do you know how many summer nights I will spend at Greta watching the Toronto Blue Jays games on the TVs there? I'll tell you something, Tyler. If they sign Otani, the first game, me and you will go to Greta and I will buy a Blue Jays Otani jersey. And, and, and we'll I'll go? watch the game full in full. And I'll bring you like baseball pants. We'll dress you yeah. up like Otani. I'll put, does he have eye black? The eye, eye black? Now he does. He does now. And you know what else we'll do? If the Jays sign Otani, you and I will go to Greta for opening day. Yeah. We will wear Otani jerseys. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll get sports closet to like give us one to give away. But we'll go to Greta. Yeah. And you and I will buy a round of shots for every Owen Everyday fan in attendance. For every Listen. Owen Everyday fan in attendance wearing a Otani Blue Jays jersey. I'll be there. But you guys said your two names, so you guys can pay for it. But yeah. I'll be there as well. So there yeah. If the Jay sign Otani, <laughs> shots for everyone at Greta on opening day. Oh, Davin said O-N stands for Otani Nation. It's about to. <gasps> it's about to. I didn't get him. You were down in the dumps on it yesterday, and I tweeted at you. Did you see my tweet? Mm-hmm. What did I say? No, I didn't see your tweet. You didn't there. see my tweet? No, I've you muted. You know, <laughs> go find it. Tell me what I said to you. All right. But I think it's important that we... We all do this when we're in certain aspects of our lives. In certain moods. Certain moods. Uh, I said, all right, I'm back in. You said, don't stop believing. There you go. Uh, Ken Rosenthal, (laughs) who is one of the marquee baseball insiders, tweeted the story yesterday that Shohei Otani and the Blue Jays believe to have met at their Dunedin spring training complex thing, which is significant because one, it is state of the art, one of the best if not the best spring training facility really? and pitching rehab spots in oh. all of baseball. Except for Alec Manoa. I was going to say, except for Manoa. <laughs> ah, yeah, whatever. Um, the fact that Otani's going and visiting there when he's holding all his meetings over in LA, for him to fly across the country to Florida just to see the facility in Dunedin, that's legit. That is, Dunedin is, they play in the Florida Spring yeah. League. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't just go to Dunedin for a weekend, you know? No, like that's that's significant. You've never been. <laughs> I mean, no, it's not on my it's not on my map. Uh, yeah, I mean, that would be something. I'm telling you, I think again him. I don't care what Kem Rose and all thinks or what some of the other ones pace on. Jeff Passon, Passon. Yeah, you know, you, you almost got both those. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Tony is a Blue Jay in my eyes. Until he's not. He's definitely not a Los Angeles Angel because they mm. mess that one up big time. Yep, they are. They've got to be the worst franchise. In the four major sports, no? Like to, to squander that so bad? Yeah, kind of. To not even get to the playoffs is like... Dude, the Oakland Athletics are 10 times worse than but the LA No, I, I would not... Because they want to be bad. The A's, the Angels want to be relevant with the two best players yeah, in the yeah. league. That's the only reason why they're last. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stadium, though. I like, the, I like the stadium. Angel Stadium? Yeah. That's a really nice ballpark. I ran through that ballpark. Did I ever tell you? Yeah, you ran a marathon down Half there. Half marathon. Right? Ah. Um, in Disney, you know, no one would have known if you just said marathon. Well, I don't want to integrity. Yeah, you know, I'm a man of my wood. Got a couple of picks. It was awesome. It was a great ball. How ball. far is a half marathon? Twenty six kilometers, I think. No, uh, I don't know. So yeah, let's go with so. that. Let's go with that. I, I think a full marathon is. I don't know if it's miles. It's twenty. I think it's. I think a full marathon is forty two kilometers or fifty two. We'll get an answer. Someone let me know. 21 Someone kilometers. Is, 21 kilometers. There you go. It's a full marathon. Half marathon. Well, that would ah. make sense if I thought a full marathon was 42 and half of that would be go. 21, not mm-hmm. 26. Yeah. Thank goodness I'm not doing Otani's negotiations. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get to our short oh, board. Oh, sorry. Full marathon is 26 miles. That Christopher Palmer question. says we have to acknowledge this saying uh, if they sign Otani, he'll fly to Toronto. 
There you go, Chris. There you go. Deal's a deal. Okay, short for giant question of the day. Snow has come down. You need to winterize your vehicle. How do you do it? You head to Short Ford and their fantastic service and parts department. It's engaged in the season of selling winter tires, winter rims, mountain balance checks, and wheel alignments. They got it all. Check them out, SherwoodFord.ca. We'll be live on location later on this week at Sherwood Ford for yeah. Oilers Nation every day. Um, the giant question today is centered around an article from Dom Lucision, who I very much like. I think his analytics work is fantastic. I think he's a funny follow on Twitter. I like Dom. And also he went on Canucks Army about two weeks ago. And I think he gave a really good explanation of how everything works for his his model. His model. Can you give us everything. the Coles notes? I know. Okay. You go watch Basically yourself. it's game score. <laughs> like every game gets a score offensively yes. and defensively. <laughs> so Dom put out his rankings for major awards. Did we grab Mary? Yep. Okay, sweet. Which one are we starting? We're going to start with the heart. Okay. He had Kale McCarr at one, Quinn Hughes at two, Kucherov, Pasternak, Reinhardt, Eric Carlson. Stunning. Interesting. And then at number seven, he had Zach Hyman, who is off to a great start this season with 12 goals in 21 games. But in everything Hyman does and the way play goes when he's on the ice versus off it, apparently one of the more valuable players in the league. That was not the only interesting one, because when it comes to the Norris trophy, he had an oiler on the list. And it was not Daryl Norris. It was Evan (laughs) Bouchard at number eight on the list. And again, this is not opinion. This is Dom's model. Yeah. You see McCarr, Hughes, Carlson as the top three. Brady Shea up in the mix as well. Hello. Noah Dobson. Um, yeah, Noah Dobson in the mix too. He's a good Dobson's, young He's man. a dog. Yeah. Uh, but Bouchard at number eight in the Norris. Hello. Jonas Brodeen at nine. Mm-hmm. Can't believe that one. Naeem says Bouchard has been miles better than Nurse. Uh, the other award that he had up there that involved the Oilers was the Art Ross, where Connor McDavid sits at number two behind Nikita Kucherov, projected out for a 124-point season as of right now. Again, not what he's on pace for, mm-hmm. but what Dom's model thinks he'll do the rest of the season. So listen, I, I think it's a nice little, and Tyler Mulek says, this strictly uses his game score. Yes. Interesting. Zach Hyman's having an unbelievable season. And at five and a half million dollars, I think it's time we recognize he is one of the best value contracts in the NHL. I think it's it's not us necessarily. I think it's everybody else outside of the city Hell that yeah. needs to recognize yep. that. Because he has been he was fantastic last season. He had like seven goals disallowed last year. Mm-hmm. What about like 37, 38 goals, whatever he had? The year before he was great. Like yep. he's been unbelievable for the Oilers. For and especially this season, in a time when McDavid and Drysaddle have struggled, he's stepped up big time. He's been yeah. unbelievable. I Best player for them by far. When you talk about values, though, in like this team, I think Hyman, huge value, huge, huge value, Evander Kane, value. They actually do this is like that, that top six, and that's the ability you can do. And also Leon Dreisaitl, don't forget that value on there as well, but that's like the problem with the Maple Leafs, right? Is you're giving all your money to your top guys. You can't really have other guys like that. We're full of it right now. And the, the, it's shown. The problem with the value the others have in the top six is that they have no value in the bottom yeah. six. And it just counters it out, unfortunately. They really yeah. need someone to, to do something. Don't yeah, they? Tyler Mulek uh, chimes in and says, we have three of the best value contracts in the league. Kane, Hyman, and Dry. And I don't think that's that far and off. And you're forgetting Nuge. And you're forgetting Nuge in that mix as well. Um, but anyways, Hyman's not a contender for the heart, obviously. But it's nice to see him get that recognition. It shows how good he's doing. Evan Bouchard is also obviously not a contender for the Norris Trophy. But I think that shows. And I think if you watch the games through a certain lens, you'd maybe see this. The bad stuff that happens when Evan Bouchard is on the ice 
is usually a direct result of him messing up. It's him not hustling. It's him making a bad pitch. It's him doing a turnover. But not a lot of other bad stuff happens outside of that. Outside of him making brutal mistakes, right? Like that's just what I'm saying. Like he has his brain farts and he makes his brutal mistakes, but there's not other issues. If that makes sense, like other guys will go out there and just get overwhelmed in the D zone and get caved in and get outskilled, whatever, Mm -hmm. or they're bad positionally. Like, I don't think Bouchard is bad positionally. I don't think Bouchard gets outsmarted a lot on the ice by the opposition. He just himself makes brain cramps. And I think those stand out. And a lot of them are ending up in the back of the Oilers net. Yeah. But when he doesn't make the brain farts, he's a good D-man. Like, I know it doesn't, it's not making a lot of sense. It makes more sense in my head. Uh, I know what you're saying. Like, if he can eliminate those or at least narrow down the mistakes a lot more, that there's no reason that he shouldn't be within this conversation from what he does on the offensive end of the ice because this award is it's nothing to do with defense. To be Eric Carlson won it last year. I feel like you are making sense there. It's just the idea that he beats himself yeah. more than other people beat him, which I think I could get down with that. Would that be a top eight Norris for me? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't have a model, so there we go. Uh, do you know what? It'd be for me because, like you said, the standard of the Norris is is ridiculous. Like Eric Carlson won it last year and he was like minus 40. Like it doesn't matter. It's all about how many points you yeah. put up. And if that's but, the model, then Bouchard should a hundred percent be a top 10. Okay. Rob put a comment in here. You can't get outsmarted when you aren't smart. I mean, again, there are people now who are doing the confirmation bias thing and it's the same thing they did last year with nurse. And eventually it's going to take, you know, a really good 20 game run for people to stop saying it. But what's the lens in which you look at defense? Mm. For me, there is a lot of value in a defenseman who spends very little time in his own zone. And Evan Bouchard isn't in his own end a lot. Why? Because he is miles better at getting the puck out cleanly Mm -hmm. than any other defenseman the Oilers have. He can pass it. He will skate it. He will do whatever. He gets pucks out of his zone. And and dangerously, Bouchard needs to work on the IQ part of his hockey IQ. I'm not even sure if hockey IQ is necessarily that big of an issue because again he doesn't make a hundred terrible decisions he makes two or three they're just great A's there are guys who go out there Cody CC is one of them who throughout the course of a game he he makes a bunch of B-level bad decisions they don't end up in the back of his net Evan Bouchard either makes a immaculate glorious play or he makes the worst play you've ever seen in, in the game, <laughs> right? And it costs them. So I don't know. Again, I'm not making a Evan Bouchard for Norris point. I just wanted to use this as an opportunity to sit there and go, I don't think he's been as bad as other people want to believe he's been. I agree. Can we pull up that list again, please, Aaron? I just want to see everyone on there. So we got Kel McCall and Quinn yeah. Hughes, obviously elite. Is it, How good has Eric Carlson been? I can't see the numbers directly on there. Not that good. Six goals, 13 assists, 19 points. In how many games? Like 24. 25. 23. Playing over 24 minutes a night. I don't think it's totally unfair at all to have Bouchard in this conversation for the rest of the year Mm -hmm. on or off this list. But he's he's good. And I agree his defensive game is up and down. Like you said, like his errors end up in the back of the net. But again, they don't they don't even look at that. Yeah. And I like Daniel Swade. Bouchard is nowhere as bad as some people make him out to be. Maturity will help with his decision making. Thousand percent. Also, the other thing you'll notice here, and I love your point on it, 
the blue column there is their offensive rating. The column on the right is their defensive rating. Brady Shea is in the mix because his defensive rating is 3.1. Brodeen's in the mix because his defensive rating is 3.6. Those are the only two guys who are below a two and a half offensively. Like Kale McCarr is in that mix because of his 6.9 offensive rating. And actually this rating sums up Bouchard really, really well because his offensive is 4.8. The only D-men who are better than him offensively this season, according to Dom's model, are Carlson, Hughes, and McCarr. Bouchard's the only one on this list with a negative defensive impact. I agree with that. He has not been great defensively this yeah, year, but no argument. his puck moving, his ability to get the puck out of his own end and away from trouble a lot of the times, and his ability to put up goals and produce points on the other side is one of the best in the league. And that, again, we just we don't want to celebrate his the things he succeeds at that often. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if you have a guy like Bouchard, and he's directly, let's just, for the sake of the math, Let's say he's directly cost you five goals against this year. He's directly probably put eight or nine in the back of the other team's net. Well, he has five goals. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> put that right there. Yeah, I mean, and that's not talking about, did he not fire one like off Zach Hyman's face at one point that's that right, went yeah. in? Like, I mean, he puts up a lot of offense. And I, this is my final point. The good with Bouchard still greatly outweighs the bad. And, I, and if you're trying to make an argument against that, I think you're out to lunch. I'll make one more point too, just to read off some stats here. There's only five defensemen in the NHL who have played 10 or more games that are a point per game player within the league. Mm-hmm. Kyle McCarr is one. Mm-hmm. Quinn Hughes, uh, Adam Fox, who's only played 13 games, yeah. but has uh, 15 points. And there's Bouchard and Philip Bronick. Basically, like Hronick's good, don't get me wrong, but he's piggybacking a little bit off Hughes, right? Mm-hmm. So really, like Bouchard's in the upper echelon for offensive defenseman in the league, and therefore, again, should be considered for this award. Will he win? No. He'll probably get some votes for top five. I bet I bet you he, he finishes fifth in Norris voting this year. No. no I, think, I don't think he'll I get think, enough mainstream love. I think he'll get some. Eventually, like the Oilers are going to go on this crazy run if they want to make the playoffs, and he's going to be a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. And if he continues, this is going to have 82 points this season. It's wild. How can you not? Yeah, fair. I, I get what you're saying. Man. Yeah. Uh, so the short for giant question today brought to you by short for the giant and Sherwood power sports and Marine is this. How many Oilers will be finalists for major awards this year? One. Connor McDavid for the heart. Yeah. I mean, I still think he wins the Ross. What's the Ross again? Most points. points. Yeah, but you're not really a finalist. Yeah, okay, that's fair. I think he still wins it. I yeah, think I think, a, I think he's going to be in the running for sure. So just finalist for the heart. Yeah, I like Bouchard isn't going to be good enough to break into the top three yeah, for Besna. If uh, Norris, they won't have. I mean, maybe Knobloch coach of the year. Maybe he's got a. Was he going to have sixty-five games ish, seventy mm-hmm. games under his belt to, to get? How many closer? penalties is Nuge taking? Is he going to Lady Ben? <laughs> no, he's taking a few penalties. Yeah, he had yeah, one. He had one game where he took two. Um, that pretty much takes you out of the race right there. Uh, Jack Campbell in the chat. No love for a soupy Vesna. Hey, if he came in, like, what would he like? What would he have to do? Like, if you think about this in a joking way, obviously, Literally but like, never lose a game again. Like if he comes in and has like a 1.0 goals against average for the rest of the season. It's the only way you would like have a, to win. Every not even. Game. Like a six game <laughs> shutout streak. Uh, what about the Ted Lindsay? I have a funny feeling the players like the players like to mix that up. I have a funny feeling you're going to say yeah. Jack Hughes win it this year. Wow. I mean, Unless Connor if, goes super nuclear. Yeah. Not, not if the devils keep it up. I think guys like 
David Pasternak, maybe he'll get in that one. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It could be a closer vote. Elias Pattison. Yeah. Q's. All right, there you go. Our giant question for Sherwood Power Sports and Marine. You all know and love Free Spirit Marine and Power Sports. They've been around since 1985. They're teaming up with Sherwood Ford the Giant to come together and create Sherwood Sherwood Power Sports and Marine, opening up in February of 2024. Fishing boats, pontoon boats, ATV side-by-sides, and motorcycles all coming to the heart of Sherwood Park this coming February. Uh, let's keep things moving along the countdown's today. On, Liam. The countdown is Giddy on. up. Uh, World Junior roster. Yeah, the World Juniors roster was announced today. And a lot of good talent on there from Alberta. Scott Ratzlav is probably going to be the goalie on this team. There's a, no Oilers yeah. because they don't have any prospects. <laughs> but I don't think Boeke would have made it. But obviously, Canada always goes in with a, with a strong team. Macklin Celebrini has been invited to the camp. I think he'll go. So you'll get a glimpse at uh, potential. Yeah, he's obviously making that team. It's a great team, though. The 05 group is a special one for Canada. Give me some big names that we should watch for. uh, Braden Yeager, first round pick to Pittsburgh. Matthew Wood from BC, first round pick to Nashville. Uh, Easton Cowan was the the Toronto Maple Leafs first round pick, too. Uh, The one I think caught a lot of attention last year for his, uh, his facial hair was Jagger Fergus. Yeah, Furcus. Yeah, what a name. Remember him? He's, uh, I think he's from Irma, Alberta. So there you go. And then the other one I really like who he actually played in played in the Edmonton areas from Red Deer, but uh, Nate Danielson played for the Northern Alberta Extreme back in his U18 days. He was a ninth overall pick to the Detroit Red Wings. Huh. He's very good. Very, very good. And then also, um, may you remember this one? He's not from Alberta. Maverick Lamaru. Yeah, Maverick Lamaru. Didn't he get suspended like a ton in the queue last year? I remember him from his parents kissing after. Oh, and after like making drafted. out. Like yeah. hardcore makeout. That's what I remember about yeah. him. But the big one that didn't make it, which is absolutely outrageous, uh, to be honest. Horny parents. Can't it, knock him yeah, in that. No. Is uh, Riley Height. Now, Riley Height and Braden Yeager basically were the best two players in Saskatchewan for their age group forever. And they were unbelievable. They've always played together. But they obviously got drafted to different teams. Heights now with the Prince uh, George Cougars. Didn't get invited to the camp, but leads the WHL in points. I always find it weird when that happens. He's 53 points this season, and he didn't get invited to the camp. How do you get to that point as, a, as like a, an organization of like, you know what? If you cut him at the camp, whatever, but at least he should be there. And he also got snubbed in a draft too, fell to the second round. I think he was probably a top 10 worthy pick, but. Good group for Canada. We'll see what they can do because these other countries are getting stronger and stronger. I'm going to play this big if anyone can read <laughs> this. Like, there's the actual wrong. Yeah, there's a lot of Oliver Bonk. Played Junior B like two years ago. Son of Radek. Really? I mean, probably. Born in Ottawa, so probably. Michael. Uh, I'm not afraid to spew misinformation. I'll, I'll, I'll put something out there that I'm, I've said it on multiple podcasts. Matt, Michael uh, Bunchen. Stub me on Michael a, Bunting? Bunchen? Bunchinger? I can't even see his name. Okay. Michael Bunchinger. What about him? Snub me. Had him scheduled for an interview and never showed up. Yeah, well, I hope he gets cut. Unbelievable. Yeah, I kind of don't like him. <laughs> yeah, take that. Uh, all right, let's keep moving along today. Let's get to the menu for our friends at DoorDash Limited Time. Our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and no delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. You just got to download the DoorDash app and enter the code at Nation25. A pretty decent NHL schedule here tonight, Liam. Uh, any games stand out to you? 
the NHL schedule. Let me see. We got LA Columbus, Rangers, Sens, Wings, Sabres. Ooh, uh, not going to be the Patrick Kane debut, though. That's going to be pushed till Thursday. Uh, Sharks, Islanders, Preds, Hawks, Ducks, Avs, Wild Flames, Devils, Canucks, the Hughes brothers. Oh, it's yeah. Hughes Day. It is Hughes Day. That's Hughes a, Day, isn't it? It's a huge day for that family. It is. Uh, if you had to start an NHL franchise and you could only pick one Hughes brother to build around, who would you pick? Quinn. I go Jack. I think it's very hot. Quinn. I think it's very hard to find defensemen like Quinn Hughes. I think it's very hard to find centermen like Jack. I think well, it's very hard to find three guys like this, let alone under the same roof. So we talked about this on ON every day today, but one, you're looking at the future of USA hockey, but a scenario in a best on best tournament, Canada, USA, Team USA down a goal, obviously. And they mm-hmm. send out Hughes, 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 Kachuk, Kachuk to try oh, to tie no. the game. Who's in goal? Keith Kachuk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The US, <laughs> the US are coming, people. When, yeah, they get they to, when they eventually get back to the Olympics of NHL players, we are going to have some battles. <laughs> we do have an update on that. Really? You thought the NHL wanted to go to the Winter Olympics in 2026? Maybe the excuses are already getting built up. Gary Bettman, speaking of the media at the Board of Governors today, says construction hasn't begun on the necessary arena for the 2026 Olympics in Milan. He calls it a matter of some concern. Getting ahead of it early, huh? The NHL draft is officially going to be happening at the Sphere in Las Vegas. Official. Official. What do you think about that? I love it. I'm going to book my flights. Yeah, uh, I'm going to come with you. Are you? Yeah, why not? not? You can share a room. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. I think this is uh, good by the NHL to take advantage of something very unique and get ahead of it before other... other First time a pro sports league will do it. And they, they, to be fair to the NHL, they've done it numerous Mm -hmm. times before with getting the team in Vegas. Everybody has a team in Vegas, right? This is for the media, right? This has to be for the media. No, I think it's a good good PR shot for the league. Like, you're going to be the first pro sports league to hold an event there. That's awesome. Yeah. We all thought this was just for you, too. Now it's for everyone. You, too, the band. You, too. Yeah. They lit that place up. Gary Bettman on Corey Perry says he's comfortable with the results of the Blackhawks investigation. That's an organization who knows how to do an investigation. Yeah. They've, they've uh, he is not determined if the player will need to have a hearing with him in order to return to the league. So. There you go. All right. There's, I mean... Just let that kind of play out, I think. And yeah, just, maybe we just leave that. Maybe we're just good. Yeah. Caps going up. Phoenix is getting an arena. Yeah, I don't I know. I believe it when I see it. Yeah, I'm not even like sure. Well, like, they said this Houston. last year. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's going up four million. And then they come out like, ah, oh, maybe not. And with Phoenix, it's like, how many times have we heard they got a new arena? 20? Yeah. yeah. Well, we just moved them. Kansas City, here we come. I'll believe this when I see it. Yeah. Um, all right. Wendy's, are you still alive? No, I died. Aha. Your boy still in. 50% of the field is out after day one of the Wendy's daily face-off survivor game. But Liam, you know what you can drown your sorrows in? Something serendipitous. I would the serendipitous combo that's available now at Wendy's. It's their new chicken strips and French toast sticks available now. You take a bite of chicken or one of the sticks, one of the chicken strips, and you dunk it right in the syrup. Like that. Oh, that sounds so good. Sounds I'm so gonna good. I you know what? I've been I've been teasing myself with this for a while. I'm going to Wendy's tonight. And nobody can stop me. Because I'm gonna drive my house. I'm gonna come by the one. No, I'm night. gonna go to the one on baseline road. I'm gonna right. drive there. I'm gonna go through the drive-thru. I'm gonna go in the parking lot and I'm gonna have some serendipitous food. 
Picks, right? I don't believe it. We'll show another show. Oh, I'll make some picks. All right. <laughs> uh, I had the Seattle Kraken over 25 and a half shots on goal. Which one did you have? I had Kucherov. He scored. Did I have Kucherov? I don't know. You must not have. <laughs> I mustn't have. Go look. Maybe you're still alive. No, he said eliminated. Who'd you pick? What did I pick yesterday? Maybe you didn't pick anything. Go look. You can go to the game and find out, buddy. How do I go? Okay, click there. Yeah, you are out. I am eliminated. Go back oh, to day one. You had Aho to get a point. Ah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what we went with. Come on, Liam. And I, do you know why that's so annoying? Because I said that Kucherov was going to score. I didn't I'm go going, my gut because you talked me out of it. I said betting on goals is hard. Betting and on it points happened. is harder. <laughs> hey, hey, you're your own brain. Unbelievable. Uh, tonight, Mulek says Anaheim Ducks hits is the free one. Eh, eh. I'm going Rangers over three and a half goals against the Sens. Yeah. I also, wait, no, we'll get into it in a minute on Betway. Does that say gotta, Hughes five and a half shot? Yeah, yeah. Don't touch that one. 14%. You're already eliminated. Oh my good goodness. That's terrible. Drake Batherson to score. <laughs> Why is that even an option? Uh, yeah. So let's eliminate a couple of you. So no one Batherson, no one Gaudreau, no one Hughes. Ducks, no. Kings, Kings. maybe. Did you see Quentin Byfield's celebration the other day? No. He did a FIFA celebration. It was between him he inspired with somebody else because they've been playing FIFA a lot. And he scores and he just like goes up to the guy and he just crosses his arms like this. It was actually pretty cool to see like somebody. The, no, he like crosses his arms and did like a little face. It was like kind of cool to see some creativity with yeah, celebration. Yeah, it's not yep, just like I'll a little fist bump to the sky. Uh, Aaron, you said you had a play tonight over on Betway 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Give it to me. Absolutely. Actually, I think, I don't know if you were on daily faceoff today, but hockey, Rangers, puck line. My, it's plus 167. It's way too much money. Uh-huh. I don't understand Wait, why it's so cheap. What was it? Rangers puck line. Who did they just, play? Ottawa. Betway. Ottawa. Rangers are 10, 2, and 1 on the road. 18, 4, and 1, and the Senators are 9 and 10. Puck line, I'm currently at plus 170. Sign me up. It's too people. good. It's too I, good. I didn't even think that was real. Anything you like? So I'm just looking for the info. That's what I like. That's, well, I'm just sorry, having that. You said it was Rangers plus 170 for puck line. Oh, puck line. oh for puck line. Yeah. yeah. I can't it's even. Juicy. I, okay. I thought you said money line. I was like, that is unbelievable. Um, what am I looking at tonight? Uh, I, that. Uh, I'll go with. I'll go with. How about this one? These are three individuals. I got to find them, the odds. I'll do a Quinn Hughes goal, a Jack Hughes goal, and a Luke Hughes point. The trifecta. Is Luke Hughes playing? Yeah. Yeah. He's like 11 points in 20 games. That's a fun one. I just want to show if you... Frank said, when I asked him which Hughes brother you'd build around, he said Luke. I mean, that's... He said Luke's going to be the best. I haven't seen enough. Mm. But usually I do always think that the youngest one is the one that takes all the good qualities, none of the bad ones, because they know what not to do. Uh, I'm also the youngest in my family. <laughs> me too. So I agree. I'm the oldest, so this is not looking good for me. <laughs> uh, lastly, from Pierre Lebrun, Gary Bettman says the most likely format for a February 2025 international event is a best on best tourney featuring only Finland, Sweden, USA, and Canada. Ridiculous. So it's like best on best, but with only half of the best. It's best on best, but we won't half have of the Liam best against half the best. We won't have Pasternak. We won't have Anze Kopitar. But hey, best players will be there. No Ovi. No Ovi. But the best players will be no there. No Kucherov, no Vasilevsky, Shosturkin. But the best players will be there. No Sorokin. The best players will be there, though. No Roman Yossi. 
No Alish Hemsky, but the best players will be there. <laughs> no Nedved, but the best players will be there. All right, that's a wrap on today's show. Uh, Luke Hughes plus 115 to get a point. Hello. Plus 115 just to get a point? Yeah. Also, I would just, before we go, mm-hmm. so last night there was obviously a Thursday night football game. Very good game. Uh, Martin Monday Gerber, but the best players will be there. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so Trevor Lawrence unfortunately gets hurt, which he's is got another one. So d- sad. Disaster. Go on, go ahead. If you got no Miroslav Shatan, best players will be there. <laughs> hey, Satan. How crazy is it that that guy hurt his ankle, whatever he did? I think he said sprained ankle, mm-hmm. and they made him walk all the way to the locker room. No carts in Jacksonville to like get that guy off his potentially broken ankle. I just assume everyone in Jacksonville is drunk all the time. Oh so my no goodness! Can drive the Perfect thing. Just crazy. Great game though. No Patrick Russell. Best players will be there. <laughs> there you have it, folks. All right. Zach Bombast. Twitter oh, notification. Wait. It's just daily faceoff sharing the clip. What's that one French defenseman the others used to have? And two V two. Johanno V two won't be there. O V two. We should bring him back. Why not? If we're bringing back Ben in. Yeah. Whose idea was that? Who's we? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a wrap. Shout out to the Sports Closet. As always, we come to you live from the Sports Closet studio. The Fitting Cat YouTube chat. Great work today, everybody. Hope to see you again tomorrow. It's going to be a busy edition of the show. A Sherwood Ford giant game day edition of the show, which means the return of our Betway betting challenge as well. And Jay's going to be bragging because he's back in the lead somehow. What do you mean back? He's just in the lead. Uh, he's just in the lead. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. We'll be back tomorrow. 12 one mountain chat with you then. Thank you for watching Oilers nation every day. Hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. And for more, visit OilersNation.com. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern. That's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.